Hello, we are at the Tennessee Supreme Court in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the premier edition of Simply Monroe Magazine, where we showcase Monroe County's best and brightest. Today, we are here to share the incredible story of a remarkable Monroe Countyan. We hope you enjoy it. I'm John Byram, and welcome to Simply Monroe Magazine. Sharon, I want to first thank you for taking the time out of your, I know, busy schedule to spend some time with us. Um, but let's start at the beginning. Tell us about the start of your remarkable journey. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for highlighting Monroe County and showcasing all the wonderful things about Monroe County. My journey started in Madisonville, Monroe yeah. County, where I was always surrounded by people who cared about me, who were interested in me, who protected me. And I think with that, growing up in that close-knit community, it really gives you a great foundation for makes life. a difference, doesn't it? It makes a real difference, and I don't think you get that in larger communities. I'm sure you don't, but you know, knowing your family, uh, I want you to talk about your mom and dad a little bit, because I knew, I knew both of them. Yeah, they were great. Of course, my dad was a, a businessman in mm -hmm. Madisonville. He was also a prisoner of war in Germany for a year and a day during World War II. So I, I certainly learned a lot about sacrifice and public service from him. My mother was the, a clerk and master for 38 years. Right, uh, and also active in the American Legion Auxiliary and different veterans organizations. And so I learned a lot about community service from her as well. Great role and, models. And patriotism. Um, I guess I, I got my start in Madisonville mm -hmm. because I um, practiced law there for 26 years. I graduated from UT Law went back to Madisonville. That's the only place I ever wanted to practice law. Uh, practiced law there with my uncle J.D. Lee, who had a, a nationally known practice. Yes, he did. Um, for a, well, I practiced with him for about 15 months and then decided I wanted to do my own thing. So I moved into my own office and started my practice and uh, you know loved every minute of it, representing Monroe County represented city of Madisonville, city of Honor, Madisonville city judge, but more importantly, just people from all walks of life in Madisonville, Monroe County. You know, uh, having inspiration like JD and like your mom and dad, did they help direct you toward the legal profession? Is that something they inspired you to do? Not really. Um, when I was, I, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, so I went to Vanderbilt for a year. Quickly realized after volunteering at Vanderbilt Hospital for less than an hour, I did not like hospitals. I didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> I transferred back to UT and majored in business because okay. I thought I could get a job if I majored in business. Um, got ready to graduate with a degree in accounting and suddenly realized I didn't want to be an accountant, <laughs> so I needed to stay in school. Uh, but I had never thought of myself. I had grown up around the Monroe County Courthouse. Right. And I had watched J.D. try cases. I'd watched other lawyers try cases. But, and I had a really strong interest in the law, but I'd never seen a woman lawyer. And I just wow. never thought of myself as a law, that I could be a lawyer because I'd never seen it. Uh, but I decided to go to law school just, just as a default to figure, give my, myself time to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. It's not a very inspiring story, but it's realistic. And I think a lot of people back into things like that. Um, so I, and I loved law school and I knew from, you know, the second day that I'd made the right choice. Um, so 
they were very supportive of my decision, very, very supportive once I made it, but it was a decision I made on my own. Well, I think your story is very inspirational, and I hope it's an inspiration to all the young people in Monroe County because, you know, you took the time to really determine and think through what you wanted to do. Is that a, a, is that a good statement about how this all came about? I think so. I mean, I think I've always been open to opportunities. I, I've never had like a five-year plan like they suggest you have. <laughs> I think I tried to do, and what my advice is to students is, you know, try to do your best at every step of the way. Uh, make good connections, be good to people, you know, don't burn any bridges, and then just remain open to opportunities. Uh, I practiced for 26 years when there was, I'd ran for judge twice and lost, uh, thinking, well, I'm never going to be a judge. And then there was an opportunity, a vacancy on the Tennessee Court of Appeals. And I had two of the local judges come to me and say, you should apply. And I quickly assured them I couldn't do that. I was not capable of that job at all. But I planted a seed, and the more I thought about it, I thought, well, why not try? And uh, so I took advantage of an opportunity. It was way outside of my comfort zone, um, but I, I tried it. I did my very best in pursuing that, and then I got appointed to the Tennessee Court of Appeals, which to me was like the most remarkable thing that could have ever happened to me. And for our viewers out there, just to let you know, Sharon was the very first woman to hold that capacity in the Eastern section. That's right. So that's something to be very, very proud of. And then when I was appointed to the Supreme Court four years later, um, I'm, I, I made the, the court then had a majority of women. We had five member court, three of, uh, of whom were women, and I was made that majority. And we've maintained that majority of women on our Tennessee Supreme Court since 2008, which is very rare in the country to have a majority. If, if you had to put if you had to point out one person or one thing that was your inspiration for where you are now, what would that be? It's hard to pinpoint just one person. I think I've had a strong family, a lot of support. Uh, J.D. Ben, J.D. Lee, my uncle being a lawyer, was an inspiration. Uh, I got help from so many people. Um, for example, when I was sworn in to, I think, the Court of Appeals and maybe Supreme Court, uh, I, I had Sue Sloan, my second grade teacher, oh, came yeah, for that. Sure. Uh, Billy Scruggs, my first grade teacher, came. So when you've got that kind of support yes. from your early school days all the way through, that, that just that means a lot. So I had so many people. Makes a difference. Me. It really does make a difference. Coming up through law school, did you have a mentor? Did you have someone that you could go to and say, I need some advice? Not really. Uh, I mean, J.D. gave me advice. He advised me to go to UT Law School because okay. I would make a lot of connections that would help me the rest of my career, which it did. Um, but, you know, back then, there, there were not any other women lawyers I could ever turn to for help and advice. Right. Uh, so I pretty well did it on my, not on my own, but uh, back in that day, uh, women lawyers really didn't have many mentors or you, you didn't get a lot of support and I you know there was a little bit of resistance early on to being the only woman in the room well because of that did you ever doubt your decisions ever doubt your choices not really um, I mean if you'd lose a case you'd think oh why well, am I a lawyer I'm, I'm no good you know you kind of doubt yourself <laughs> temporarily uh, I had a, a older I was checking I remember very well I was checking a title in the register of deeds office early on probably been 19. 80 and I had an older lawyer walk up and say why why are you doing this and I said checking this title and he said no why are you a lawyer 
And I said, well, I think I'm a lawyer for the same reason you are. And he just shook his head and walked off. He, he just never understood it. And I thought, I didn't hold it against him because right. I, I just knew he was very confused and not, he just didn't understand why a woman would want to be a lawyer. Uh, but after the first year or two when I, you know, I think the other lawyers learned I could hold my ground and I was going to work hard, I, I was accepted. I didn't have a lot of trouble after that. Do you see that attitude, you know, why did you become a lawyer? Do you see that changing? Absolutely, yeah. There are so That's many good. women lawyers now. Uh, I, toward the end of my practice, I would go into court and there'd be a, uh, a woman judge and the other lawyer would be a woman and, you know. Uh, but in the early days, you would always be confused for the court reporter. I'd walk into court oh, and they would say, oh, the court reporter's here, we can get started. And I'm like, well, no, I'm the lawyer. But <laughs> I, I, I never really let that get to me. That was just part of it. You yeah. couldn't let yourself dwell on those sort of uh, slights or whatever. You just, just keep had, moving forward. You just had to keep moving, do your best. You all, always knew I had to be better than the other lawyers just to be considered equal. That was, I never... I understood that from day one. I had to be better to be considered equal. So would you say that's what drives you, is that need to show that I'm as good as you are? I, I think uh, certainly, I don't know that it's, it's, I have that now, but in my, you know, when I first started practicing, mm -hmm. it did drive me. I knew I had to be better. I knew I had to be better prepared, had to work harder, um, had to try harder just to be given the benefit of the doubt. And that, that, that worked to my advantage. Well, it like was I, hard. It was hard, but it worked to my advantage. Like I said, uh, you know, you you going through that will serve as an inspiration for a lot of young women in Monroe County that's going to see this I hope and so. think I can do that too. I mean, that's the whole point, as I see it. Well, and they absolutely can. Plus, I always tell students it really doesn't matter where you start your journey; it's where you end up. Right. So, and I always like to stress to them: I started in a small town, and I'm a small town lawyer on the Supreme Court. That's very, very unusual. I think it's huge. Uh, and I think it's really important because it, um, I have a certain voice, I have a certain background that other people do not. And when you grow up in a large city, you don't have that, ex you just don't have uh, those ex life experiences that I think give you a certain wisdom and a certain um, probably compassion for people. Well, coming up through you know, your, your, your journey, uh, Looking back on it, is there anything you would do differently if you had the opportunity to do that again? Not really. Not really. I mean, I'm pretty satisfied with where I am and As my well journey. Um, I, I might, you know, I'd like to think I wouldn't has wor have worked so hard. I might have not not worked so hard so many hours. But had I not done that, I'm not sure I'd be where I am. So True. I don't know. I, I'm almost afraid to think back of what I would change because I'm just not sure I'd end up in the same place and I'm really happy where I am. So I don't, I really don't have regrets. Good. That's, that's I don't have regrets. That's a yeah. great answer. Yeah, that's the kind of answer I was looking for. But I was noticing when I was looking at your biography before I came up here, how many foundations and organizations you've been a part of and are a part of. How do you balance life and work? Well, first, I think it's really important to give back to the community and to be involved in organizations like that. And the organizations I'm involved in, for example, the YWCA, we help women who are in transition who need housing. Uh, I've been involved with Volunteer Ministry Center, which helped the homeless. I'm right. involved in organizations that help children. So those are, those are really my passions. And if I'm in a position to help, then I'm gonna do it. Um, Work-life balance is really hard. It's a struggle every single day. 
it's not as much struggle now because my children are all, you know, on their own and have their own families. But in the early years when I was raising my children and very hands-on with that and also practicing law full-time, it, it was really, it was really hard. Not enough not, hours in the day. There were not, and I'm not sure I could go through that again. Uh, <laughs> um, but I did it the best I could. And I always felt like raising my children, that was my highest priority. Sure. Um, and you just hope you do it right. Well, I, I know your children. You've done it right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Believe They're me. They're good. They're good. Um, outside of work, what do you have any hobbies that you want to share with um, us? Uh, probably not as many as I, you know, a lot of people, because I really do love my work. And if, if given the choice, I, I will work rather than play. Uh, but I love, you know, I try to walk every day. I like to garden. I like to work in the yard. I read a lot of books. Even though I read a lot of books at work, I read lots of books. I've been writing a family history book. I was going to ask you about Yeah, I've been working on that book for way too long, but I'm about to wrap it up. Um, it started out with, I wanted to preserve some pictures of my grandmother, Lee, who was mm -hmm. an incredible uh, feminist and activist, even, you know, in the situation she was. Very strong woman. Very, uh, very strong Emma, woman. Emma? Emily, Emma, right. Sure. Very strong woman. I wanted to preserve some of her pictures, and I wanted to... Um, well, mainly to preserve her pictures. And then I decided to put some family history in, which really led me down to a rabbit hole of really researching family history. Um, and then I wanted to uh, collect memories of grandchildren. Sure. You know, what do you remember about visiting grandmother? Uh, who My grandmother insisted on being called grandmother. She was not... not Nana or grandmother. There was no nickname. It was the proper grandmother. And the, uh, her son-in-laws called her Mrs. Lee. She's very proper about how she wanted to be called, so she is the grandmother. Um, but always a lot of fun and just, just, she was a really impressive woman, really was. So I've been a lot of time researching that back. We, our family came to Monroe County in the early 1800s, and we've had a presence there until now, uh, and yeah. continuing and forward. Continuing forward. And continuing Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Uh, so we're, we're Monroe County through and through. Wow, that's awesome, because I knew your grandmother. I yeah, knew Emma, right. Mrs. Lee. Mrs. Lee. <laughs> uh, I knew her. Uh, and she, you're right, she was a very strong woman, yeah. very strong woman. And had a lot of heartache, but, you know, she lost a daughter in a car yes. accident. She was, the daughter was 18. Yes. Had, my dad was in prison camp for over a year. Had the other three, other two sons were in away military mm -hmm. service. So there was, you know, there was some hardship. Well, but you wouldn't know it from ever talking with her. No, I know. Trust me, I, I, knew, I talked to her frequently. Yeah. We used to live pretty close right. to them. Real close well, to she them. loved life and she enjoyed people. Well, if you had any advice for a young Monroe County and watching this, what would that be? I would say um, you're, you're never limited by growing up in a small town. In fact, your, your life is enhanced by that. Uh, you have to be willing to work hard, uh, set high goals for yourself. Uh, sometimes you're going to fail. In fact, you are going to fail at whatever you set out to do. That is, I failed at a lot of things. Uh, but you got to pick yourself up and keep moving. Uh, you know, dream big. When there's an opportunity, take it. You know, it may make you uncomfortable, but take that opportunity. You, and you, if you fail at something, that may just prepare you for something else bigger later on. What so. was it Abe Lincoln said? The measure of a man is not how many times he's failed, it's how many times he's gotten yeah, back no. up. And, and uh, so I actually speak to law students quite often, and I, I always give them, I, I speak about my failure resume as opposed to my success, because they need to understand you are going to fail, and it's really important how you handle that failure. Oh, you learn from it. I learn from it and keep moving.
Well, what's next for Sharon? What's next for the Justice uh, of the Supreme Court? Well, I've been uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court from 2014 to 16. I ran a contested statewide election. Uh, I am where I am now where I'm going to end up. I I don't see anything ahead of me uh, other than serving out my term and maybe additional years as Supreme Court. It's, It's an exciting job, challenging really making a difference in the law in Tennessee. Uh, so this is, this is my dream job. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And if and when I retire, or when I retire, uh, I don't know, you know, I'll probably travel, work in my yard, spend a lot of time with my grandchildren. No, I don't uh, blame you. Uh, th- th- those would be my plans. That's, a, that's incredible. You know, you just mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, you where you want to be, this is your dream job, and how much you've contributed to Tennessee law. I think you've contributed to the young people in Monroe County that are coming up, and that's why mm-hmm. we wanted to talk to you, because you. they need that kind of inspiration. Uh, any young person needs that yeah. kind of inspiration, and we hope that that's what this serves to, to do. We want to take the time here at Simply Monroe and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and sitting down with us. This was a dream job for us to sit here and get to talk to oh, you. Well, so you. we appreciate that. Well, um, I think your dream job was being in the surfers and entertaining <laughs> all of us high school students when we were going to the Farm Bureau for dances on uh, every weekend. Uh, that, that I th- think of as your dream job because you made a real difference in our social lives. and, and uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's boy. a very fond memory, very fond memory. Well, thank you for mentioning that because uh, Mike and I have been together uh, doing stuff like this since we were, he was 13, 13. I was 14. It's amazing. So well, that's that's a long time. Your friendship so. is a, a, a lot to be said about that friendship, and and that is part of what grown up in Madisonville is all about. You yes, do it maintain is. those friendships yes. and those connections, and um, it, it's it's a good solid foundation. Great. Well, Sharon, thank you so much. Thank you. Enjoy it.